So good evening, everyone. Welcome to the PSI Monthly Teleseminar. My name is Kat, and I will be your host for this evening. And on behalf of PSI Seminars, welcome to the call. PSI has been offering personal growth seminars around the world for over 40 years. And each month on these calls, we explore tools and techniques from the PSI Basic Course as a free resource for you in your ongoing personal growth and self-improvement. For those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar or any of our advanced courses, you can go to PSISeminars.com where you'll find information about all of our seminars as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. Again, that's PSISeminars.com. The topic for tonight's call is action. And first off, I would like to introduce your speaker for tonight. We have a very special guest with us this evening, Mr. Cortland Warren. Cortland is an instructor for the PSI Basic Seminar for nearly 10 years now. He attended all of the PSI classes in 2001. He is very passionate about his work and loves assisting people in their own personal transformation. Cortland, are you with us? I am here, Kat. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome. We're excited to hear what you have to say about taking action. Well, I am, uh, I'm excited to be with you um, this evening, and to those of you who are listening, uh, whether you are uh, at home or in front of your computers, uh, thank you for uh, taking the action and making yourselves a priority um, tonight. Uh, when, I was think- when I was thinking about uh, the subject of tonight's call, uh, first and foremost, it's very broad. Uh, and there are a lot of different aspects of this particular topic that we could take on. But what really came to mind for me was, uh, have you ever been really motivated for like a day? And then it was like, you know, two months, maybe even two years before you were that motivated again. And is there a part of you that just feels like, man, if I could maintain that level of excitement and motivation that I had for one day, if I could sustain that for a longer period of time, uh, I could generate incredible and extraordinary results. Well, if you've ever felt that or if you can relate to that experience, first and foremost, know that it's not just unique to you, right? It is part of like what I refer to as the human condition. And so first and foremost tonight, I would have you understand that uh, if you don't sustain your uh, intensity, you don't sustain uh, the motivation, the excitement, the enthusiasm for accomplishing what it is that you desire to accomplish, there isn't anything wrong with you, right? And that there are, are specific uh, systems, tools, techniques that you can put in place that will assist you in being more, being more active or at least sustaining your action for a longer period of time. What is true is that we take action or we move uh, for two very basic reasons. And those reasons are we only move or take action to do two things. One is to gain pleasure, and the second is to avoid pain. It's that simple. Basic psychology. It's every movement that we take, every action that we take, is either to experience pleasure or to avoid pain. So if in your life you find or you experience that you're, you're maybe in a rut or you're standing still, you're stuck, uh, 
It could be that the goal that you've set for yourself, uh, you really haven't identified the true pleasure points of it, or, or the comfort isn't painful enough yet. But one thing is certain, that uh, when, when the pleasure becomes great or the pain is too unpleasant, we will move and we'll, it will almost be automatically. Okay, so then the idea is then how do we, how do we instill uh, systems whereby we're able to really recognize what's available and what's possible or really recognize the prices that we're paying for staying where we are. So if you, let's, let's take first the uh, avoidance of pain because uh, when we, you know, if you're beating yourself up for not taking more action, if there's a part of you that knows that you can be more, do more, have more, uh, experience more than you've been experiencing. Uh, it's also possible that you've, you're being hard on yourself for not, for not moving or at least not moving at the pace that you believe that you're capable of. And nine times out of 10, the reason why is because you are viewing your past actions as failures. And because you're viewing your past actions as failures, it can lead to inactivity. Because again, we seek to avoid pain. If I view my past failures as painful, then naturally I would avoid taking action because you're actually you're working in uh, you're working in concert with yourself, right? If the if the brain's desire is to avoid pain, and you view making mistakes or failures as painful, then naturally you won't take the action. So what may be necessary then is that you recontextualize past your past experiences and see your failures as learning opportunities. In fact, it may be necessary for you to, to increase your failure rate. And, and by so doing, you're able to identify the, the sweet or the pleasure, uh, the, the sweet and pleasurable um, experiences that you gained from what was previously considered a failure. And so you look at what did you learn? Right? Who's the person that you became as a result? How much stronger are you today because of that experience? And by recontextualizing that past experience and not seeing it as a, a painful f failure, but rather a pleasurable um, experience by which you were able to grow and expand, it could lead you to being willing to increase your failure rate going forward. Now, some people are driven by, you know, what am I going to gain? Or said differently, what's in it for me? And so when you when you set your goal, imagine the possibilities. We use a tool in uh, the basic seminar called Screen of the Mind, which is ideal for being able to identify what is for you the perfect positive end result. In fact, you know, the formula for achievement is conceive, believe, achieve. Uh, one of the great books that I've read over time uh, suggests that in the beginning was the word. And if you look at the etymology of the word word it really means image or picture and what is true is that everything is created twice from the telephone that you're holding right now the chair that you might be sitting in the writing utensil that you may be using it's all created twice it's created first in the mind of the man or woman who had the idea 
and then there is the physical manifestation of it. Another way to pull yourself into action is to propel yourself with a very clear vision of what you desire, to see the perfect positive end result. And what is true is that if you cannot see your situation being any different than what it is, then it will not ever be any different than what it is. You are a creating uh, machine. You are, you are designed to create, uh, to grow, and to manifest the most predominant thoughts that you have in your mind. And so what will also assist you in getting into more aggressive and massive action is to have a clear picture of what it is that you want, to imagine the possibilities. Now, this could be in the area of your physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual life. And so oftentimes, we are not taking the, act, the desired action because we're not clear about what the outcome is going to be. And so by having a clear picture of what it is that you want, if you're driven by that, then uh, that clear picture of what you want will have, your, will have you respond to the pleasure of uh, attaining the goal. If you're per- Now, some are not driven by the pleasure of attainment, but they get to the place where they're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that's what I refer to as the pain. And so there are uh, particular questions that you could ask yourself to determine if whether or not you're driven by getting out of pain or are you driven by moving towards um, the pleasure. In the most basic sense, it comes down to those two things. Do I, do I desire the pleasure, and is the pain too much, or is the price uh, too much to continue to have to endure? So when it comes to taking action, there are, very, there are also very specific uh, ways that you can ensure that the action that you are taking is action that you're taking based on you, what is important to you. Oftentimes, the struggle with being you know, motivated uh, to do to do things is because it's really not from a place of true choice. Uh, another, you know, another offering through PSI seminars uh, is the 90-day uh, goal and accountability uh, game of PLD. And one of the gr- great aspects of PLD for me was to take action out of from a place of true choice. Is it what I want to do? Is that is that action in alignment with um, my purpose? And so oftentimes people ask me about my profession and what it is I do, and it's, oh, man, are you a motivational speaker? And I'm pretty adamant um, that I'm not. And as instructors of the basic seminar, uh, and essentially uh, the basic seminar itself, is really not a motivational course uh, by my definition. When I view motivation or being a motivational speaker, it really requires going in and getting people excited to do things that they don't really want to do. Uh, it's the reason why in sales environments, you know, they they have these conferences or regional meetings, you know, quarterly or, you know, sales meetings uh, weekly and, so, and in some environments daily because we've got to get you motivated uh, to go out and make the sale. And that continual, and con- uh, that continual need for motivation is because it's not from a place of true choice. I invite you tonight to explore the distinction between being motivated and being inspired. I got to get motivated to do it because it's really not true choice. And I'm really doing it because someone else wants me to do it. 
or someone else thinks that it's important for me to do it even before I see the importance for myself. I'm inspired to do it because it's in alignment with my purpose and what I value. When I am inspired to do it, the need for continual or constant prodding and motivation isn't necessary. I find uh, when, I'm, when, when you are inspired to do it, it's as though time stands still. It's the, it's the, it's the musician who is, you know, it's the musician who is sitting at the keyboard. It's the artist who is, uh, has the brush in hand at the canvas. Uh, time stands still. Uh, a minute is though an hour, an hour is though, is though a minute. And they're inspired to do the work. And it's with or without the recognition of other people. And so before you get too hard on yourself for not taking action, ask yourself whose values are being served. Is it important to you because it's important to you? Or is it important to you because someone else said it ought to be? So before you really discipline yourself for taking massive action, it is necessary to identify your value, your values and what's important to you. And the third point is this. The number one reason why more people don't experience the life that they're capable of or the extraordinary success that is available to them also is because of guilt, regret, or shame. Now that you say, well, wow, how, how, you know, that's that's a bold statement. I get it. When Napoleon Hill was writing his uh, best-selling um, classic, Think and Grow Rich, and uh, he had interviewed 516 of the wealthiest people in the world at the time, and the book title again, Think and Grow Rich. But uh, when he interviewed these wealthy men and women, and he asked them to list the things that made them rich, uh, money was actually on average number 12 on the list. And so it's not a book just about making money for those of you who are maybe of that viewpoint. Uh, but he also, not many people know that after writing the book, he also presented a number of seminars across the country and really uh, around the world with his findings from having interviewed these people over a 20-year span of time. And one could understand that oftentimes in his uh, seminars, and uh, you know, live classes, people would ask him, well, Mr. Hill, you know, we, we understand that you've uh, studied you know, these successful people, but in your studies, have you been able to identify why more people don't experience success? Why don't your, your, your principles are pretty uh, simple. They're pretty easy to follow. They're, they're not esoteric. They are very practical. And in fact, it's one of the reasons why I appreciate the basic seminar so much. Uh, you know, and sometimes men and women are thrown off by the simplicity of the presentation. You know, it's usually two easel pads and, you know, a few markers, and it's amazing the transformation that could take place uh, just by using those very simple tools. But people also appreciate that about um, Napoleon Hill. And when asked that question of, well, why don't, what were you able to find as the reason why more people uh, don't experience success? And when it's simple and laid out, uh, 
why is it that more people aren't able to follow a very simple plan? Uh, what do your findings uh, show anything in relation to that? And Napoleon Hill uh, shared with many people that the, the number one reason why more people don't take the action that they know to take is because of guilt and shame or feeling of not deserving the success. So I'd ask you tonight uh, to, you know, to really explore within yourself, you know, is there a goal that you have where you know the steps to take? You know what actions uh, to be done. And even though you know what steps to take, you know the actions to be done, you actually have a system or a formula to follow, and you're not doing it. Ask yourself then, why would I, would I have a goal and I know what steps to take, and yet I'm not taking those steps? Inevitably, it falls back to a feeling of not being deserving or worthy of the outcome that those actions and steps would lead to. So, in essence, taking massive action is a practice in self-forgiveness. If you know what actions to take and you're not taking those actions, the likelihood is that you have some forgiveness work to do on yourself. And so maybe your time would be served in asking yourself the question, what have you not forgiven yourself for? And you may have to go back a ways in order to identify it. You may have to spend some time there really deliberating on that question. What is it from your past experiences that you've not forgiven yourself for? And the way that you can know that you have forgiven is that you would be taking action in the direction of your dreams. You'd be taking the action that you know to take. So again, massive action is a practice in self-forgiveness. You'll know that you've forgiven yourself not because you forget the experience. And some people, you know, uh, would suggest that, well, you just forgive and forget. Well, you are an incredible uh, human being and your subconscious mind has a profound ability to remember things. And so I don't really uh, follow the adage of to forgive and forget because it was a real experience, and you'll always be able to recall the experience. And so you'll know that you've forgiven not because you forget it, not because you avoid uh, looking at it, not because you deny that it ever happened, but you will know that you have forgiven because you are taking action in the direction of your dreams. And in the basic seminar, we spend a couple of hours on that particular concept of forgiveness. And the, what we find most often is that the place where men and women must forgive the most is themselves. No one really ever considers that, wow, maybe I'm not taking the action that I know I have to take because I haven't forgiven myself. See, you are a very powerful, powerful being. And your subconscious mind knows that if we take these steps, if we take this action, we're going to get the goal that we've been dreaming of. But if my belief is that I don't deserve it, if my belief is that I'm not worthy of it, then naturally I won't take the action that's necessary in order to get me there. And so, again, it may not be 
that you're lazy. In fact, I know that it's not. It has nothing to do with you being lazy. It has nothing to do with you not being capable. But more often than not, in fact, nine times out of ten, when we're not doing the thing that we know to do, it is because it's necessary for us to shift our paradigm, to shift the way that we see it. And so in relation to your specific goal in your business, in your relationships, with your health, or how you see yourself as a contributor in the world. Maybe it's that you don't recognize the prices that you're paying for not taking the action. It may be that you don't understand that when you don't take action, your children pay a price. When you are showing up as less than what you're capable of, your family pays a price, and ultimately the world pays a price. And maybe through exploring it through those glasses, you start to see that that pain is a pain that is too much to continue to bear. You may be a person, though, that uh, is driven by the pleasure. And so for you, I encourage to create a clear and bold vision for how things will be, to create in your mind what will be for you the perfect positive end result, and you'll be driven or pulled because of the pleasure of what that result will yield. Sometimes what's necessary, uh, which was point number two, sometimes what is necessary is that we reframe or recontextualize our past experiences and, in fact, increase your failure rate. If you look back on your past experiences and you see those experiences as failures and you view failure as painful, then you're actually working in accordance with yourself. And you're not taking action because you're reminded of a time when you did take action and you failed and that failure was painful. And so your mind won't allow you to take action because you are viewing failure as pain. And so by reframing it and recontextualizing those past experiences and recognizing who you became as a result, because in essence, it's not about the goal. It's about who you become in the process. And so by increasing your, your failure rate and recognizing that you became stronger, you learned more, you advanced more, you became more open to possibilities, you became more diverse in your experiences, and you see those as pleasurable, it may ignite you to be willing to go out and increase your failure rate um, by taking on greater action. And then point number three, why we don't take uh, more action or what's necessary in order to move in the direction of the dreams that you have for yourself is self-forgiveness. The number one reason why more people don't experience the life that they're capable of experiencing is because of guilt, shame, and regret. And what may be necessary for you is that you forgive yourself. And so ask yourself, before, you, before looking into, man, why am I not doing this and I need to be doing that, you ask yourself, what is it that you have not forgiven yourself for? And you'll know that you've not only answered the question, but you've actually practiced forgiveness because of the action that you'll be taking. And what is true is that massive action is a practice 
and self-forgiveness. And so I'm going to I'm going to stop right there because I know that a number of you have questions, and uh, I want to get in as many of those as we can. And so, um, Kat, I'd like to turn it back over to you, and let's see what questions uh, our callers have tonight that I may be able to assist with. Absolutely, we have uh, some great questions. How's your voice holding up? Uh, it's a struggle. It's a struggle, but you know what? I feel like I'm I feel like I'm doing great and fine. Uh, maybe I should be asking you. I know it sounds a little, to me it does sound a little froggy, but uh, how does it sound to you and is everything coming through uh, clear on your end? Yeah, it is a little froggy, but, you know, the call will be, uh, we'll have the recording on the podcast, so, you know, listeners, you can listen to it again if you're having a hard time hearing some of the stuff because it's some good stuff. uh, Let's get to some questions. I have a question here from KS who asks, how do you take action when you're not sure what action to take? Mm. Well, uh, first of all, that's a, that's a great question, but I would, I would ask, uh, I would ask KS to, uh, you know, why are you taking the action there? Okay. And so, and by that, I mean, if you don't know what action to take, I would advise getting clear about what it is that you want. Now, when, because what, what we know is that when your intention is clear, the mechanism appears. And so oftentimes as human beings, we get stuck in the what to do without being clear about what the desire is, what's the true desire. And so the ideas, the solutions, the inspirations aren't our responsibility. So rather than go out and, you know, make it up, it may be more necessary to get clear on what your intention is. And when what you when what you say you want and when what you believe that you can have, when they align, then the how to and the way to do it flows through. The inspiration comes from us being in alignment. And so uh, I would encourage rather than just looking for you know, just any old action to take to get clear about what outcome you desire. And so going back to a little bit earlier in the call, being clear about what your vision is, what is for you the perfect positive end result, and have that inspiration lead your action. Okay? Uh, Next question here. JC wants to know, what is the best way to deal with naysayers or people who do not agree with what you want? Okay, now, uh, naysayers and people who don't agree, I actually would put it in a, in a different category. Okay, the naysayers, how, how do you deal with the naysayers? You block them out, and if it's, if it's feasible, uh, you remove them from your life. Right? You know, because what, what we know to be true is that life is easier when you're surrounded by people who want to see you win. And life is easier when you have support in your life. It's kind of like, you know, if you say you want to go buy a new car, do you have the kind of people in your life who will remind you of the depreciation value? And they're like, man, before you even drive it off the lot, it's depreciated by X percentage. And why in the world would anybody, you know, buy a new car? And by the time they finish, you're like, okay, never mind. I don't want the car anymore. Or you have people in your life who, when you say you want to buy a new car, they're like, great, get two of them so I can drive one. Uh, it's very important that you be surrounded by people who want to see you win versus the skeptics. 
uh, the history, you know, the annals of history don't really record the skeptics. They get like a paragraph. You know, it's like, okay, they said it couldn't be done. And then the rest of the book, you know, the rest of the history lesson is all about those who did what the others said couldn't be done. So if you have a lot of naysayers around you, I would encourage surround yourself more with people who want to see you win and believe that it's possible. Now, sometimes, though, that support may be someone who doesn't agree with uh, your viewpoint or doesn't agree with the method. And sometimes that can be a very positive thing. Support isn't necessarily the person who always tells you what you want to hear. And so I would encourage actually mixing in a few people or maybe a lot of people who have a different perspective. Uh, a diversification of viewpoints can be very important and can actually assist you in having greater ideas. So just because they don't agree with the way you're viewing it, I don't necessarily remove them because you can learn a lot from that. However, naysayers and people who aren't about you winning, uh, that I, I don't know, Kat. I, I personally, I view that as a little bit different category. Naysayer, the skeptics, you could never do that. You shouldn't do that. Why in the world would you want to be doing that? Those are people that uh, I deliberately work to keep away from my goals and dreams. I let them watch uh, from the observer's viewpoint. Um, but just because they don't agree uh, doesn't mean that you want to remove them because a differing um, viewpoint could actually save you a lot of time uh, over the long run. So have some people in your life who are willing to disagree and give you a varying um, viewpoint. Great. AM has a question. When overwhelmed or fearful, how do you get in motion and prioritize tasks? Mm -hmm. This is a very simple tool for you to use for prioritization. At the, at the close of each day or at the beginning of each day, I recommend that you do it uh, before you go to bed. Or you can do it first thing when you wake up in the morning. You make a list of six things, the, most, the six most important things that you need to get done today. Only six. We say, well, you must not understand how busy I am. I got a lot more than six things that I got to get done. Well, yeah, but how many of them do you actually get done in the course of the day? Start with six. Your sixth highest priority, okay? And you're going to list the most important thing that you got to get done today as number one. And as you list that uh, in, you number it in priority from one to six and start with number one. And don't move to number two until number one is completed. And you wouldn't move to number three until number two is done. And when you align those six highest priority things to your particular goal or purpose, you are going to be blown you will be blown away at how effective and efficient um, you are. And so that is the way to prioritize getting started in the first place or getting moving in the first place really comes down to you assessing uh, whether or not your person is driven by pleasure or pain. We only move for those two reasons. And if we're not moving, it's because we don't see the pleasure 
or we haven't identified the pain. And so it may require a bit of journaling and really asking yourself, what are the prices that you're paying for standing still? Or, or what is the pleasure that you're not experiencing from taking uh, positive and immediate action? But definitely use the, uh, the, the, the top six um, priorities and uh, let us know how that works out. It's a really simple tool that works uh, amazingly well. Kat? That's great. ER asks, what is the best way to stay on track with your goals if you don't have a good accountability partner? Great question. Great question. Because And, and, here's, and here's the truth. Not a lot of people are moving in the direction of what they dream about. A lot of people are talking about it. But, you know, the road to success uh, can be very lonely sometimes, you know, because uh, not very many people make themselves priority enough uh, to live their life on purpose and to have their dreams. One of the ways that you can be accountable to yourself is to log incremental wins. Or you have, have you ever noticed how you talk faster when you know that a phone call is about to come to an end? We are designed to experience success. And so when we feel that we are close to having our goal, we actually move faster and with greater urgency. And so one of the things that you might do is you could have a goal for, say, 90 days or one year. However, to track your own personal accountability, set goals for the week or set goals for the day, and you start to create momentum as a result. And so when your subconscious mind starts to see that we're achieving success, you know, we got a win today, we got the win this week, you're gonna, you, will, you will assist yourself in staying, uh, staying inspired over a longer period of time because you're tracking your progress. Uh, more importantly, you're tracking your wins. And so essentially what you're looking to do is to make the achievement of your goal more incremental. And you map out your incremental wins uh, over shorter periods of time. That's a great way to do it and be accountable to yourself until uh, you attract uh, into your life more accountability partners or someone to have um, a mastermind team um, with. It's a great way to do it. Yeah, yeah, like uh, with the Pace Sitters 90-Day Goal Achieving Program, it's great for that. Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, uh, that's, that's right on point, Kat. You know, Pace Sitters Leadership Dynamics, 90 days of you first having, you have your own like, life coach, and you're also on a team. And that team understands that they don't win unless you win. And you get it. You don't win unless they win. And what is created in that 90 days is phenomenal because we amaze ourselves at what we're able to do uh, with, you know, 90 days of focus for sure. That, that's a great uh, – if you haven't played, uh, now is the time to do it. It's a great, great time to do it. Great suggestion. Uh, really what good. Uh, we have N.A. Uh, wants to know the difference between true procrastination and simply not having the money available to take action. 
through procrastination and not having the money available to take action. N.A., you might not like my response, but I'm going to be honest. Money uh, is available, okay? And so the idea that, well, I just don't have the money to take action. You know, in the basic seminar, we cover a, a technique called intention mechanism. And uh, as I was saying to an earlier, as a response to an earlier question, when the intention is clear, uh, the mechanism appears. Uh, money, without question, is mechanism. So if I'm focused on uh, the mechanism, meaning I'm focused on the how-to, the way that it's going to happen, where is the solution going to come from, I'm focused in the wrong area. Okay. So your your job is to have your intention clear and trust that the mechanism appears. When what you say you want and what you believe you can have align, then the how-to and the way to do it flows through. And so it could be that you're actually working against yourself because you're focused on where the money is going to come from, how are you going to make the money, how are you going to generate the money, and more often than not, uh, that's not your responsibility. So... Yeah, so so just so just keep that in mind, uh, N.A. Keep that in mind. Your job is to be clear about what is it, what your desired outcome is, not necessarily where the solution is going to come from. So another uh, practical tool that you could use, uh, I'll borrow <clears throat> I'll borrow from Brian Tracy, who was uh, present at Principia um, this year, and. Uh, in, in one of his books, he suggests whenever you're looking for ideas or inspirations to begin by just listing 25 ways that it might be possible, just 25 creative ideas that you have, and nothing is off limits. Just allow the creativity to flow and do 25 the next day and 25 the next day and do that for five days. And if you do that for five days, and so in very short order, you're going to have 125 possible ways to get to that, that desired outcome or solution. And of that 125 ways, I assure you that one of them uh, is your ticket to creating uh, whatever outcome it is that you desire. But mainly, you've got to have a clear picture of what it is that you want and trust that the solution is available to you because the solution is available in the universe you are part of the universe, therefore the solution is available to you. Wonderful. I have PL here who wants to know, or she asks, I'm not sure if I'm afraid of failing or afraid of succeeding. Can you address those fears, please? Yes, and you won't know uh, which it is until you start moving. Okay, but fear, uh, this idea of fear and being fearless makes for a great bumper sticker. However, I don't consider it to be real life. There are times when fear does serve. If I'm walking through a forest, you know, type area and there's a cave and I hear growl come out of that cave, it serves me to be fearful. However, if I'm in a sales environment and uh, it's my responsibility to make sales calls, then in that context, the fear isn't warranted. 
And so there are times when fear can be used as an ally. And so if you don't know, well, am I, am I, am I afraid of success or am I afraid of failing? Uh, I just suggest using the fear itself as your ally for moving in the direction of what it is that you want. Rather than trying to attempt to address whether or not you are fearing success or fearing failure, just know that fear in all of, fear in whatever form can be used as an ally. In fact, there are, there are times when fear can be an incredible, incredible um, motivating tool. So use the fear as an ally, uh, not necessarily look to rid yourself of fear entirely, uh, because I'm not certain that that is even possible to do. There are times when fear serves. So use it as an ally, use it as your weapon, uh, and put it in your arsenal for creating life success. Great. I have um, Cece here with a question. When you make a leap, how do you know it will all work out? Wouldn't that be great to know, Kat, right? You know, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes, you know, we want to know how it's all going to play out. Uh, And, you know, that's the unpredictable nature um, of life. And so there, there are no guarantees to it. There really isn't. However, I, one thing that is insurance against a life of regret is to go after it. I can't imagine anything worse than getting to the end of your life and wishing that you had gone after something that you didn't. We, we, can, we can get over it uh, if it doesn't work out, especially if we frame our failure in the proper context and we use our failure as, um, and we use failure as the compensation for life of success, as just part of the payment, right? To winning is, you know, being willing to fail. However, if we're looking for, okay, how can I know that it's all going to turn out? You won't. You won't. However, getting over the mistake or the failure isn't hard. What's hard is, getting to the end of your life and wishing that you had done it all differently than the way that you did. So know that uh, the only way that you're going to know how it turns out is only after you've had the experience. So trust yourself and love yourself unconditionally and thereby any outcome that manifests is one that you know is going to be okay because no matter what outcome manifests, you love yourself unconditionally, and therefore you'll love yourself anyway. So there are no, there are no assurances uh, against that unknown. Uh, it's, that's just the unpredictable um, nature of it. Okay, we have another question here from TL. How to deal with resistance after setting a goal in order to follow through with the actions needed? Okay, the uh, I think I covered that just you know a little bit um, earlier in the call, and and thank you uh, for the question. I really appreciate um, you all's uh, participation uh, tonight, and uh, I'll just sum it up this way, and it can, and it's actually Kat, uh related to the previous question about how do we know that it's all going to work out, and and how do you deal with the resistance? Just know that uh, the resistance is healthy, um, but ladies and gentlemen, you know we will not be exonerated from the struggle. 
You cannot have it without the work that's necessary in order to attain it. You know, Mr. Wilhite, uh, co-founder of PSI Seminars, suggests that that's what separates the deserving from the undeserving. Work is what separates the deserving from the undeserving. And not deserving from a, you know, moral place, right? Of course, we're all worthy and deserving uh, human beings. But we get what we want. We get our dreams because of our willingness to put in the necessary effort in order to get it. And so moving through that resistance is oftentimes necessary because it is what strengthens us to be able to sustain and maintain whatever success we attain uh, as a result of the work that we put in. So the resistance is healthy, the work is necessary, and we don't get exonerated from it. Right? This call was about action, okay? And, uh, you know, popular in personal development is the, is the principle or the law, uh, the law of attraction. And I'm a firm believer in the law of attraction. But when you break down the word attraction, there are two major words in the word attraction. There's a, the word attract and there's the word action. You will attract into your life in direct proportion to the amount of action that you're willing to take. So embrace the resistance to it. You won't be exonerated from the struggle of it and be willing to put in the work to deserve uh, the dream that you have and the vision that you want to manifest. Okay. Great. I have a question here from ML. What specific steps and techniques can be employed to handle and mitigate anxiety? One of the uh, best tools uh, that can be used for that purpose, um, we, uh, we learn about in the basic seminar uh, called Screen of the Mind. And the, the anxiety is a result of not having a clear picture of what the outcome is going to be. It's kind of like, you know, uh, think of uh, your favorite movie. And if it's your favorite movie, the likelihood is that you've seen it more than once. And so if you've seen it more than once, then you know how it's going to turn out. You know what the end is going to be. And regardless of what happens in the show previous to the ending, because you already saw the ending, you know how it's going to turn out. And if you watch it over and over again, there are bits and pieces that you missed the first time through. But regardless of those bits and pieces that you missed the first time through and you catch it the second time or maybe even the third time, uh, you're unwavering in your certainty and confidence of how it's going to end up because you've seen the ending. We can employ that same type of attitude through for ourselves through the use of the screen of the mind technique. It's where you create in your mind a picture of what is for you the perfect positive end result. And once that image or picture is clear, once it's clear and it moves to the level of belief, then you are now out in your life moving and taking action in a way that uh, employs certainty of what the outcome is going to be. And you're unwavering in your confidence, you're unshakable in your faith, because, because you've already seen how it's going to end up. And so use that tool as a way for you to move beyond the anxiety that's keeping you from acting 
or taking action in the uh, in the first place. All right. This question is, sort of fits in with these last two. How do you stay motivated when things are not going as you hoped? Okay. So recognize that the path to, you know, your dreams and having what you desire, that road is paved with inconvenience. Transformation, you know, is not convenient, uh, nor is it always comfortable. So when you when things don't go as you had planned or they don't go as you had hoped, just know that that's part of the process of becoming. Again, it's not the goal that is the main thing. Yeah, we want the goal. We have the desired outcome. But the more important thing is not the goal because once you get this goal, you're going to set another one, and you get that goal, you're going to set another one. The real value is in who you are becoming in the process. Who's the man or woman that you are becoming as you move through whatever you got to move through in order to have that thing that you say that you want? So it's not going the way you planned. Great. It's not going the way you, you it's not going the way you planned. Expect that. Okay? Expect it and know that that is nature's design in order for you to be stronger once you accomplish the goal than you were when you started off in pursuit of it. Okay, I have another question here from LM. How do you get rid of fear and how do you stop letting it slow you down? Well, I, uh, as I said uh, just a little bit earlier, um, ML, I may not be the proper person to ask on this one because I believe that fear can be an incredible ally. And I believe that we can use fear to our advantage. I'm not so sure that there is a such thing as fearlessness. There may be, and I may be wrong about it. However, uh, I know that fear can be an incredible motivator. And so versus looking to get rid of the fear, maybe ask yourself how you can use the fear to propel you and move you forward. Uh, You can spend a lot of time, you know, and so then, you know, the question may come up, then, okay, how do I know that the fear is gone? Because what is true is I can take action even though I'm afraid. You know, I believe it was one in one of. I believe that it was, uh, you know, one of those accessories or you know, refrigerator magnet that suggests that courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is when I feel the fear and I move anyway. And so, uh, you don't have to have all fear removed in order to display courage. Okay. Good. I have another question here from CF. What is the one thing to focus on to gain more confidence? The one thing that, and there, and there may be several, but definitely one thing that you can focus on in order, in order to gain more confidence is what will be the outcome of the action that you're going to be taking. You know, allow yourself to entertain the possibilities. Allow your imagination to run wild. You know, when we were younger, uh, we had this uh, incredible sense of wonder. And it was always, you know, what if and what's possible. And uh, we can employ that as adults as well. And so your confidence begins to grow the more action that you're taking in the direction of what you desire. Small steps incremental steps in that direction 
builds confidence and momentum. So think of the snowball that becomes an avalanche or said differently, critical mass. You get to a place where you've taken enough action that you've created such incredible momentum that you're unstoppable. And so uh, in, order to, in order to do that, make sure that every day, every single day, you're taking a step in the direction of what it is that you want. So don't allow the day to end without you taking at least a step in the direction of what your dream is. And we have another question here from Envy. How do I keep my mindset on my own goals as opposed to the opinions and lives around me? Uh, you can <clears throat> stay focused on your own goal or versus the opinions of those around you really does uh, go back to uh, being clear about what is most valuable to you and not allowing yourself to be influenced by other people's value systems. What sometimes can happen is other people will project what is important to them onto you. And so a way to stay focused on what it is that you want is to review your goals daily and oftentimes multiple times a day. Keep them fresh uh, in your mind uh, through reviewing them. Have them in a place, have your goals in a place where they're written down, and you can refer to them throughout the day and uh, constantly be reviewing and having affirmations that are conducive for you manifesting the goal that you have for yourself. So keep them in front of you, review them often, and uh, you win that way for sure. Okay? Great. Well, I think that's um, all the time we had for questions. Do you uh, want to take a few minutes here and wrap up the call? Absolutely. And uh, first, let me acknowledge those of you who are on the call for the action that you took tonight in making yourself a priority. One of the things that you'll want to remember is that it's very important to acknowledge yourself when you're winning, to acknowledge yourself when you do things that are of value, even if no one else notices it or, notices it or recognizes it. You acknowledge yourself. And so, and I'd like to do that as well for be, for your being on the call tonight. Uh, action is a it's a broad it's a broad subject, and uh, the topic tonight was a great one. I think we're able to tell that by the number of uh, questions um, that we had. But know that when we are taking action, uh, we are practicing self forgiveness. And so, when you're not taking action. It may be that you have some forgiveness work to do. But really, uh, again, I encourage you to seek to be inspired in the action that you take versus looking for external um, motivations. Because in looking for external motivations, whenever they're not present, you're going to find yourself slowing down. When you don't have those external um, motivators, you're going to find yourself looking for a reason to get pumped up and to get excited. So much more effective for you to be clear about what is most valuable to you and what it is that you want and then set your day according to what is in alignment with what your purpose is. 
and you'll be inspired to act versus needing to be prodded or motivated um, to act. And then know that regardless of who you are, there are going to be days when you feel a lull or you find that things slow down. And it's so important in those times to have someone or multiple people around you who are going after their dreams. Surround yourself with people who are winning. Plug into, if you live in a Psy city, plug into uh, your local Psy office and uh, uh, be part of the Psy graduate community, men and women who are going after their dreams because it's easier when you're surrounded by other people uh, who want to see you win. Uh, be surrounded by people who are going to remind you of how great you are, even on those days when you forget. These are practical things that you can do to set yourself up for more consistent and deliberate action in the direction of what it is that you want. And then also keep this in mind, and I'll close with this. When you have a goal and you're starting to take action in that direction, go ahead and set the next goal. What's going to be the next mile marker? Because one of the big mistakes that men and women make is we set the goal and then we get it. But because we didn't have a, well, what comes after this goal already in place, we find that we get the one goal and we experience uh, a lack of uh, momentum and speed because we didn't look ahead. Our vision wasn't broader and we weren't looking ahead to what we're going to do after this is done. So once you find yourself in action and you're moving aggressively in that direction, go ahead and start to set the goals that are going to come afterwards so that uh, you continue to experience the momentum that comes from being a man or woman of action. And again, thank you so much for being part of uh, the call um, tonight. And thank you, Kat, uh, and your team for organizing these uh, continual uh, ways uh, for learning and transformation in the lives of people. Uh, if you've not attended the basic seminar, I highly encourage you to do it. And even those of you who have attended, uh, go back to the basic, uh, take advantage of the advanced courses, and recognize that personal development is a lifestyle. It's not just something that you do for one weekend. It's a lifestyle choice, and especially in this environment, it's the best investment that you can make, is the investment uh, that you make in yourself. So, Kat, thank you for the opportunity, and I'll turn it back over to you. Oh, what a great call. Thank you so much, Cortland, for uh, being on uh, the, with us tonight, even though you almost lost your voice over the weekend at the class in Phoenix there. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. And everyone, have a, have a great evening. Yes, and thank you, everyone listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the call and have some new tools to move you forward in the pursuit of your dreams and goals. You definitely don't want to miss next month's call. It's scheduled for Tuesday, November 11th, and the topic is courage. You can register now at psiteleseminars.com. And remember to ask your questions when you register. Again, that's psiteleseminars.com. As many of you know, we post live updates during the call on our Facebook page, and we love having your input. Go to facebook.com forward slash psiseminars and share your thoughts. Let us know what you got out of the call and how you're going to implement these concepts into your life. Again, for those of you who are new to PSI Seminars and would like to find out more about the PSI Basic Seminar 
or any of our advanced courses, you can go to psiseminars.com where you'll find information about all of our courses as well as the dates and locations for upcoming classes. That's psiseminars.com. Thank you everyone for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time out to listen in. Have a great night.